which is Luke chapter 4, verse 14 through 21. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and a report about him went out through all the surrounding country. And he taught in their synagogues, being glorified by all. And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all in the synagogues, in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Amen. I cannot believe it's 2023. Wow. So today we're talking about Jesus' motto. The verse I just shared with you is the image of Jesus' first public act up to this point. He's about 30 years old right now, and up to this point, he was a nobody. Nobody heard of Jesus. Eventually, he was born like on Christmas. By the way, next Saturday, this is going to be gone. So please take your photos now or, or take a little piece of it. Take a big chunk of it if you want, okay? Take, 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 take the whole thing if you want, okay? But he was born, and it was a miraculous time, and everyone heard about Mary and this weird guy named John the Baptist, but it became silent. For about 30 years, nothing was happening. People were saying, oh, Emmanuel, glory to God in the highest. The shepherds saw the angels, but then for 30 years, it seemed like, Maybe it was wrong. Maybe we were wrong about this person. So nothing was happening for 30 years, and all of a sudden, he goes to fast in the wilderness for 40 days, comes back filled with the Holy Spirit, and he goes to church, stands up, reads the scroll, and he says, this scripture passage that you just read has been fulfilled in your hearing. I encourage you to go and continue. This is reading... Um, this is obviously the passage that we read today. It's from Isaiah 61. You have a little flyer of it. This is, a, this is the model of 2023. This is, I'm going to help explain how this connects to this, okay? But the point of being is this. When they heard him read Isaiah 61, without a mistake, this chapter is about the Messiah, the Messiah, God himself, God's chosen deliverer who will once and for all come onto earth and destroy all evil and deliver all of God's people. But here's this unknown carpenter. How can he stand up and say this passage has been fulfilled? Nonetheless, this passage, this model of Jesus is the summary, is the entirety of who he is. And most importantly, it's about who you are going to be this year. Because not just our model for this year, 2023, of being just like Jesus. Whatever was Jesus' mission is our mission. Whatever was Jesus' action will be your action. Whatever was Jesus' faith will be your faith. Whatever Jesus' way will be your way. 
This is what we're going for in this 2023. So here's the thing. What is the model? For those of you guys who have no idea what model is, I had to kind of look it up too. It's basically a statement or phrase that will guide us. This is basically the symbolic meaning of what we are about, where we are going. This is what we're aiming for. So again, this is Jesus' model in, 20, uh, in, in the scripture. This, this verse, as I'm going to talk about today, which he said in Luke 4, he was quoting Isaiah 61. This is the sum of who Jesus is. And we're taking that directly and saying, God, your model is my model. Again, your life is my life. Your word is my word. Your action is my action. Your privilege is my privilege. Your authority is my authority. Your blessing is my blessing. Your glory is my glory. That's why Jesus said to us, you're it. And he left. He says, now you carry on in my name, in my image. So let's look at this model of Jesus, this phrase of defining what is the aim of Jesus. So on that one Sabbath morning, he stood up and said, Hello, world, here I am, the Messiah. This is what I'm about. This is what this passage helps us to do. So who is Jesus? Luke chapter 4. Again, Luke chapter 4, in the beginning, this, the first sentence he reads is this, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. Turn to the person next to you and say, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. The to the person next to you, tell them, look at the, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. And he has anointed me. Watch out. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. And, the, and he has anointed me. Remember, whatever he says, whatever he has, now it's mine, okay? Don't be shy about it. Jesus was just such a regular person. He was just like us. He got hungry. I'm sure he, he had some nights where he was gro- or some mornings he didn't want to wake up. I'm sure he got spanking from Mary. Just like you and I, right? He got tired. He was uh, hungry. He was tempted. But the first thing that Jesus says, what makes him the Messiah, what makes him the light of the world is the spirit of the Lord. Friends, trying to become, learn to become just like Jesus, it is impossible without knowing the spirit of God. Everything about Jesus, remember, who gave the birth of Jesus? The Holy Spirit. Who raised him from the dead? The Holy Spirit. Who baptized him? The Holy Spirit. Who told him who to heal? The Holy Spirit. Who taught him how to cast the demons out? The Holy Spirit. So Jesus is saying, hey guys, I am Jesus Christ. I will be, after I finish my mission and die on the cross and resurrect again, I will become the Lord of lords and the King of kings. And all nations and all people will bow down before me. But until then, for me to get to that place... It's the spirit of the Lord that's operating in my life. Friends, this year of 2023, it's very simple. You're not going to become like Jesus. You are not going to do it. But when the spirit of the Lord you recognize is upon you, suddenly another power, another ability, another DNA is injected in you. And as the scripture says, the spirit of the Lord brings death to the misdeeds of your body, your sin. You cannot overcome. Scratch out your to-do list or or wish list for 2023. You cannot do it. The Spirit of God says, I will help you if you open the door. I will come upon you and I'll rest upon you. The next word is anointed me. Anointed simply means that the Lord said, I choose this. And the reality is today, right now, you might not understand, but you are already anointed. God already chose you. The fact that you know Jesus was not your doing. 
You weren't saying, oh, I am so intelligent. What must I achieve in life? Ah, Jesus, come here. I will know you. No. You had no idea how this happened, but somehow God says, I choose England. I choose so-and-so. Say this in your heart. Just in your heart. The Lord chose me. He did. But what did he choose you for? The Spirit of the Lord is actually also already in you, but we just don't know how to operate. It's like there's like a nuclear bomb inside of us, but we never knew it was there. This year, you're going to know how to activate it. There is a spiritual nuclear reactor in your body that literally the kingdom of God explodes out of you and the darkness and all of the powers and principalities, they will shudder when you activate this nuclear generator. But the whole time we've been suffering and we've been letting demons and, and just, just thieves come and just mess around with your life, it's going to end when you decide, hmm, this is my allotment. Here's an illustration, and I'm sorry I'm using Marvel, okay? Um, I, I want to put out a challenge. Uh, if you guys have a movie or video, uh, movie or drama that you like that you want me to uh, do a certain illustration, just text me the link or just send me pastoring. Can you watch this? And I'll watch it. Okay, I'll watch it. I'll watch all six episodes or six seasons of it, you know, and I'll talk about it. This is for real, okay? But in Marvel, one of the, the whole point of Marvel was like this gauntlet that Thanos had, the Infinity Stones. And these are the three people that we know so far. I'm sure there's a lot more in the comic books, but... What happened was they were trying to wield power that was way beyond them. Even Thanos, who was a titan, pretty much a god, when he snapped, the power of that snap, the power that was given upon him was so powerful, he, he couldn't use his arm. Same thing for Hulk. Iron Man, on the other hand, was a little smarter, so he put a suit on, not, not just the gauntlet. He, I don't know how he did it, but he did die today. So, so Iron Man, as you know, spoiler alert, he died, Okay. But here's the thing about the Holy Spirit. He's like that gauntlet in your life. Multi-talented, multi-ability, multi-faceted. The most incredible gift God could ever give himself is with you. But you have no idea how to use it. In fact, before Jesus Christ died on the cross, if the Spirit was upon you, it was very rare, but it's very limited. Like, you know, Samson, when the Spirit of God came upon him, he got super, super strength. That was about it. That's all he could do, Right? And then when the spirit left, he was like blind and whatever, he died. And then there was other people that the spirit of God came and then they could make like artifacts. Like when, no, when Moses was building the temple, uh, these just regular people, spirit of God came upon them and they all, they all of a sudden knew how to make thread out of goat hair. I don't know how, you, goat hair is like thin, but they made a thread, beautiful thread. And they made like silk and they, they knew how to make the gold. They knew how to make the temple so that you didn't have to use any adhesive or nail. You could fit it and it's just perfect. This crazy ideas. Imagine what God, Holy Spirit can do to you. You're like, God, I need a business idea. I have no clue. I have no clue. I don't know how to make money. You got the Holy Spirit. But see, the thing is, how to use it. So before Jesus died, you were pretty much like these guys. You, you, you get like a few chances to snap, and then you can either kill you or, or maim you. But what the Holy Spirit is doing through Jesus, I'm sorry for these guys, but it's like you can snap every day. You can snap every hour, and things are changing. Things are moving in your life because we're just like Jesus. But again, it's not Jesus on his own just snapping, but he was snapping to the beat of the Father. Holy Spirit told him when to heal. Holy Spirit told him when to move, when to be quiet, when to fall asleep. When people are saying, save us, save us, Jesus like, he just went to bed because he was 
moving by the Holy Spirit. So if I want to become just like Jesus without the Holy Spirit, I'm just trying to use this gun that's going to destroy me, destroy my family. But the Lord is saying, bow down. Submit to what the Spirit of God wants to do in your life. And the first thing this declaration, this model of Jesus says, why is the Spirit upon you? Why has he anointed you? Because he has come to proclaim good news to the poor. I should have highlighted the word poor there because that's the point. Poor doesn't mean just not money, but it means something lacking, something missing, something not the best, which describes all of our lives. I mean, if you might be so super rich, but then in other areas, you're like your relationship's kind of failing or your health is failing or you know, your relationship or I would say your emotion is failing. That's the cause of sin. That's, the, that's us snapping without the Holy Spirit thinking. We can create something and just make things happen. We, we go to people. We, we try this new thing. We invest in Bitcoin. We, we do all these things on our own mind and intellect and on our own pride, and we get hurt from it. If this works, this doesn't work. We're all poor, right? The poor means, that, as the scripture says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Friends, this is where God created you to be. Just like Jesus. Never worrying, never afraid, never scared, full of power, compassion, able to do anything, nothing impossible. But because of sin, we live in a world where, man, it sucks, right? You try, you try every year to do this and this, and you fail, and we're just poor. But see, when the Holy Spirit moves in you, there's a good news. He's here to fill that gap. He says, he, God who himself was of infinite worth, he himself became poor so that we might become rich. That's the good news. Every area of your life could be mental, spiritual, physical, financial, relational. Uh, it could be vocation, reputation, whatever it is. The Lord's saying, I'm here to make you rich. I'm here to make you prosper. As it says in 1 John chapter 3, I pray that the Lord would make you, that you would prosper in all things, just as your soul prospers, especially your heart. Many people have everything, family, friends, and all this enjoyment, but they got to go crazy with drugs or whatever, substance, because there's something deep inside that nothing can fill. God is saying, here, I am here with the good news. I'm going to make you rich in the fullness Jesus said it, right? The enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Why is your marriage, your finance, your health, your mind, and your spirituality just on, a, on an empty level? The enemy. You're letting the enemy. You don't understand, but the, right now the enemy has full right to your life. And he can come and steal and destroy, make you fight, make you angry anytime you want. But it says, Jesus said, but I come to give you life to the full. That's just like Jesus. Let's continue. What else did he say? He sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives. Jesus further goes on to describe this poverty that you and I experience is that we're captive. You are limited. And that's not God is not the one limiting you. It is sin. It is your enemies that you on your own trying to snap away. You've lost your infinity stones. You've been hurt. You've been scarred. You've been jaded. And you're just wondering, whew, it's tiring. Life is, I feel like I'm a slave, and that is exactly what you are. Jesus said this, whatever you sin, sin becomes your master. You become a slave to what your sin is. 
Sin is not, the problem of sin is not that God is going to be angry at you. Sin's problem is that you are willingly giving your bank account. You're willingly giving your health, your spirituality, all of the fulfillment, all of the joy in your life, all of the things you want to protect. You're saying to the enemy, here, I, here, take it. I am captive. I surrender to you. It's the wrong thing. And he's saying, I'm going to recover the sight of the blind. The worst thing about this, we don't even know that we're slaves. We're thinking, oh, this is just the way my, my health will always be. This is just the way my finest will always be. I've tried snapping every finger. I've tried all my toes. I've tried everything I can. This is how I'm going to live and die. You're blind. But Jesus is here saying, no, 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 no. Kingdom of God is here. And he says, this is a kingdom. This is how you do this. This is the truth. Come and learn from me, and I'll teach you the truth, and the truth will set you free. And you will realize, wow, I really love my spouse. This is how you discipline your kids. This is how you become healthy. I want to be just like Jesus. And then finally he says again, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Captive is one who is like a slave, but oppressed is someone who is, how do I say, abused. Someone who keeps getting attacked. You might be on the righteous path, but somehow you're just like, Oh, my gosh, every time you should do something right, it's so hard. God is here to give you power to tell your oppressor to break the fist, to break the bronze arrow of the enemy with your mighty arms, just like Jesus. Isn't this pretty amazing? This is what Jesus says. In the, and I, the, what's more amazing about this being Jesus' model, this is my model, if you would believe and accept it this year. And I think what's most exciting about me is that, whoo, this whole year, I want to unpack how the Lord brought me to understand this. Man, it was a journey for the Lord to, to open my eyes to say, Inguan, you are a captive. Inguan, you are being oppressed. Inguan, you are poor. Let me teach you. Let the Spirit of the Lord come upon you, anoint you again and again, because you're just like me, my son. This is who we are. This is where the Lord wants to take us. And finally, he says, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. It's interesting. The Lord says, the scripture said, the year of the Lord's favor. What that means is, it's, um, the favor means grace. Jesus Christ came to give us no longer the law. You're not under the law. Because under the law is either curse or blessing. But today, you and I are under God's favor, which means even if you break the law, you're still under God's grace. Does not make sense. But scripture says, now because of Jesus, what he has done on the cross, the blood he shed, where sin increases, grace increases all the more. We're in a year of God's favor where you cannot escape his love. You can continue being a captive, but the Lord says, I give you grace. He just wants you to... Destroy the captive and learn how, just like Jesus, to destroy and step upon scorpions and take authority and, and live like a king, like a son of the king, like a, like a co-heir, like a prince of the universe, like a princess of the universe. That is who you are. But that Lord's favor is a year. What that means is there's something scary about that. It's a year. It's a limited time. And I'm going to explain why that is. But here... Because of the Spirit of the Lord, everything about Jesus, that you wish, oh my gosh, I wish like Jesus, I just knew things. Like he would walk up to people and be like, ah, you have five husbands. The one with you is not the one. 
And then the lady gets like, oh, my God, Jesus, God loves me, blah, blah, blah. These miracles, it's not for Jesus to be like, ha, ha, I am, I am so important. He's shown this because he's saying when the spirit of the Lord, the power of God comes upon you and you live in the anointing and you understand of how to be in step with the spirit, you are just like Jesus. Jesus said, if you believe in me, you will do what I have been doing. Either Jesus is a dirty liar or he's true and we're blind and a captive. But he says, if you believe in me, you will do what I've been doing in greater works than these shall you do because I'm going to the Father. Jesus is amazing. And this is the year of the Lord. We're in a season. We're in a season of God's favor. Year, another word for year is a season. But you know, seasons change. Seasons come to an end. But we're still in that season. We're in this limited time. I don't know how much time we have, but we're in God's grace right now. Here is a side-by-side comparison of what Jesus read and what Isaiah said. Of course, every translation has a little bit difference of nuance of word. Uh, So obviously Luke he was quoting, referring to the source, and other translators are doing this. But anyways, the meat, meat of it is saying, Spirit of the Lord is on me, Spirit of God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me, anointed me. That's all the same. Red is all the same. He has sent me. This is what's interesting in Isaiah 61. I like that. He says, to bind up the brokenhearted. But Jesus kind of puts it all together in the idea of liberty to the captives, because sometimes being brokenhearted is literally broken. You, you are trying to... Uh, accomplish, you're trying to love somebody, you're trying to uh, have passion, you're trying to overcome guilt, you're trying to overcome shame, but you're a captive. Your, your masters become your fear, your nervousness, your, your misunderstanding, CNN or Fox, whatever. <laughs> you see, you see, those things become your captivity, right? But he's saying liberty to captives. And he says recovering of the sight to the blind, to set at liberty at those who are oppressed, opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, but Jesus stopped right there. The next sentence after that is, and the day of vengeance of our God. Jesus is coming back to fulfill that part that he didn't read. The first time he came, he says, I come to give you grace. I come as a sacrifice. I'm a lamb. Here, eat my body. Take my blood. Be delivered. Live the fullest. Become powerful. Become influential. Change the world. Go and have fun. The kingdom of God is here. Drink the wine of the kingdom. Celebrate. Live in joy. But when he comes back, he's coming for the day of vengeance of our God. Not for you, but the day of vengeance for all evil that still hasn't said Jesus is Lord. So what do we do? We say, yay, we're saved. We're in the favor of the Lord. No, just like Jesus, you go to the lost. You go into the darkness. You go to the people who do not know about Jesus, and you share them. Because you're telling them, hey, here's the good news. You're not poor anymore. You're not weak anymore. You're not a slave anymore. You're not blind anymore. I'm here to open your eyes. It could be Africa. It could be Molokai. It could be Waianae. It could be Lanikai. It could be wherever the Holy Spirit sends us. But the thing is, it's a time. A limited time is left. I loved our message from last night when Pastor Hans shared about the parable of the fig tree. And there was a fig tree planted in a vineyard, which is very rare because you don't take a wild tree that grows crazy in the, in the forest. 
you don't have to take care of it, but he chose a wild fig tree, put it in his choice land, his organic farm, and he cultivated it, and he gave it all the nutrition, and after six years, he came and looked and said, there's no fruit. It's just like us. He gave us Christ. He died. You, you've eaten his body and his blood. You've prayed the prayer. You've been touched by the Holy Spirit, and he's saying, ooh, can I see Jesus in your life? Can I see Jesus in your marriage, in your finance? I want to see the fruit of my son, my glory. And then the, the, owners, the owner of the land came to the farmer and said, cut that tree down. Time is up. But the farmer, who is Jesus, said, no, 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 master. Let me work on this one. Let me help this son and this daughter become like Jesus. I'm going to work. I'm going to dig around it, give it, fertilize it, give it one more year. Friends, this being like Jesus is not something you can be like, hmm, 2023, pastor, how about 2025? Yeah, the next two years, I just want to enjoy life. You know, I can negotiate with my captors, and I can, you know, I'm strong. I'm, I can weather the oppression of the enemy. You know, I can lose this much of, a, of, of my relationships. I, you know, you can be foolish in such a way, or it can be like the wise virgin who says, anytime now. I really felt like that one year was prophetic, like literally one year, you know, 2023. That's the point. That's the, that's the kind of mentality that Jesus had. He knew his time was limited. He lived the full. There's something that we have to begin this year is to say this idea, this truth of the spirit of the Lord coming upon me to make me do the work of Jesus Christ. It's a limited time. It's the year of the favor of the Lord. I don't know when it's going to run out on your life, on your health, on your finance, on your family. I don't know. But one thing that awakes me is say, Lord, right now, this day, I want this to be true. Either you show me this or I'm out. That kind of a desperate cry is what the Lord is inviting us to do. How intensely important is this vision for you this year to be like Jesus? I pray that it will wreck your life. I pray that the Lord will just give you a hint of how poor you are, how bound you are, how oppressed you are to convince us it's time. Convince us with everything inside of me. I'm not going to let one more step of the evil one. I am sick of being oppressed. I'm sick of the enemy telling me what to do and, and me feeling like I'm poor and unable to accomplish all that God has given in my life. The message is this. The Lord, he has anointed you. He has chosen you and he has blessed you. You are in the favor of the Lord. He's still here as long as we're alive, as long as he hasn't returned yet to bring on the vengeance of God upon every injustice and upon every unrighteousness and sin and curse and the powers of darkness. Jesus has given us a chance to do his work. Let us pray. God, I don't want to be, I don't want to lose sight of Jesus. Deliver me from the life of poverty. Deliver me from the life of blindness, of oppression, chronic oppression, and being a slave, bowing down to worthless things. Like you said in the scripture, Lord, 
you do not throw pearls to the swine, to the pigs, because they will turn and not understand the price, the priceless thing you've been given, and they will turn around and attack you. God, I feel like I was that swine. I lost sight of who you are in my life. You didn't make any difference because I lost it, Lord. Just like a dog that returns to its vomit is someone who's been touched by the Lord, forgiven by God, and returns to do the same thing. What's amazing is you're not done with us, Lord. We're still in the year of the Lord's favor. God, I don't want to lose this chance. Father, start with me. Start with opening my eyes, breaking my heart. Bind, heal my broken heart that's unable to love. My heart that's broken by arrogance. My heart that's broken by pride. My heart that's broken by greed and lust, oh God. Begin with my own heart, Holy Spirit, to render its deceit, the lies of my own heart, my own pride. Lord, bind my heart first. So we come before you today for healing. We want to be remembered to Jesus, reminded of who Jesus is in our life. We thank you, Holy Spirit. Have your way in this time. In Jesus' name. Friends, we're about to have the Lord's, join the Lord at his table. Before we do that, let's sing this song. A very simple song called the Holy Spirit.